I want you to open your Bible to the book of 1 John. And one of the things that is that that uh, that I'm always I'm always thinking about is, Lord, how can I continue to grow? It's one thing to go to church. It's one thing to punch your ticket. It's one thing to be religious. It's another thing to be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. It's one thing to become more like him, to begin to think like him, to begin to process like him, to allow his nature to become your nature. That every day, Lord, I want to die to who I used to be so that I can become everything that you've destined and purposed for me to be. I want to become more like Jesus every day. Amen. I want Jesus to have his rightful place in my heart and in my life. And when we're going through this, this life, oftentimes we can get stuck in a rut. We can start going through the motions. We can get into a position where, yes, we're, we're good and, and, and everything. We love God, but, man, am I growing? Am I growing? Am I maturing? And maturity isn't just how much you can prophesy now. Maturity isn't just how, how much you can speak in tongues. Maturity isn't, you know, just, just how, many, how many scriptures you can quote. It's, it's when you begin to die to yourself so that he can begin to live in and through you. That's when you really know that you're starting to grow, that, Lord, I'm giving up me so that I can become everything you've called me to be. This is what we need in Christianity. We need this. We need, we need his life to become our life. We need him to begin to live and move and breathe and, and exist in and through us. And this is the essence of true Christian Christian growth. I have the privilege of pastoring a wonderful church. We love our church. But I, the thing that I'm always thinking about is, Lord, how many of these people are really becoming more like you? Yes, they come to church, and yes, they give their tithes, and yes, we have huge buildings, and we're doing all this stuff, but Lord, are they becoming more like you? That's the thing that, that moves me. I want them to become more like you. First John Chapter 1, verse 5 on down to 10. We're going to look at some verses here that are going to help us when it, comes to, when it comes to growing in our spiritual walk and, the, and, and walking in the light. And that's really the title of my message, Walking in the Light. Because this is what's going to help us so that we don't just become religious. And I was telling our church the other day, I said, the devil, he don't mind coming to church. People think the devil, people think the devil was walking around with pitchforks. And rah, I'm the devil, ah, I'm gonna get you. And that's not how the devil operates. The devil took Jesus into the wilderness and he started trying to twist the scriptures to get him. And what I'm saying is he knows the scriptures. He knows how to shout. He knows how to dance. He knows the songs. And he remember he was a worship leader. He doesn't have a problem. He understands all that. But submission to God, possessing God's nature, us being transformed, that's what bothers him. That's what bothers the enemy. So these keys here are going to help us to walk in the light so that we can continue to stay on the potter's wheel so God can conform us to his image and we can become more like Jesus every day. Can I have an amen? Verse 5, he says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light 
and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we, we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But watch this, y'all. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, he says, from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Somebody say all unrighteousness. To all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar in the word and his word, he says, is not in us. This is, this is important for us because when it comes to walking with God, we always have to keep in mind that he is, he is light. And light speaks of illumination. It speaks of revelation. It speaks of insight. It speaks of an unveiling. It speaks of disclosing. That when we, when we look at God, we have to see that he is light. And this is what he does. He, he begins to unveil things, expose things. He reveals things. He gives us clear understanding of who we are before we've met him. And for all of us, we have to see this as a benefit. This is a blessing in my life. It's a blessing to me that God is light. That he's going to bring, because to the degree that I get close to him, to that degree, he's going to reveal more and more about me that I need to know about me. The good thing about God is, is that even though he is a revealer and a discloser, he never leaves you in that particular state. This is what grace does. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is the power to overcome sin. God was gracious that when I didn't have any power, he supplied the power that it was necessary for me to change in life. And this is what grace does. But God, his light, he brings revelation and illumination as I'm walking with him. And as I get closer and closer to him, he shows me the intricacies, the details, all the things in my life that, that he wants to, to move and shake and break and transform. All these things. And that is not a bad thing. It is a good thing that God is working on me and he wants to work on me. He says in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now, this is important because, in essence, what he's saying is that God is walking alongside me. And as he's walking alongside me, that his light is illuminating and revealing things in my life, like I've been saying, that I need, that I need to, to know about. And... The Spirit of God, part of his job is, is to convict men of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. This is part of his ministry in my life. And his job is to show me areas that I don't see. I keep saying this, but I want you to hear it. His ministry, his job is to show me areas that I don't see. That I got some blind spots. I got some blind spots. I got some things and you, that, 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 that God is going to show me that, that I don't see, but he sees them. And if I walk in the light as he is in the light, 
then what happens is the blood of Jesus Christ, it cleanses me, it says, from all sins. But my job is to make sure that I walk in the light. The problem that we have is oftentimes we're walking with God and his light is shining on us. And instead of us justifying God, we justify ourselves. Instead of us saying, God, you're showing me this area of my life that I need to change, that I need to get right. We choose darkness rather than light. And that's why he says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and so for all of us, we have to see when the Holy Spirit, his job is to convict me. My job is to respond to the conviction in a way that's pleasing to him. My job is to say, God, you're shining, shining this on my life right now. You're, you're revealing something in my life that I need to change. And Lord, instead of me justifying myself, I'm going to justify you. Lord, take this out of my life. Lord, get this, get, help me to overcome this because your light is, in, is showing and revealing and unveiling something that I need to change. But what we've done in the church nowadays is we've made excuses for sin and justification for sin instead of allowing God's light to shine, us being willing to confess it, and then so that God can uproot things out of our life that he's trying to uproot out of our lives. Can I have an amen, y'all? And so my job is to stay in the light. My job is to say, God, when you show me this area of my life, that, Lord, today I'm asking you to get this out of my life. Help me with this. Conviction for me, Lord, is good. You checking me is good. You giving me the yellow lights is good, Lord. That these, because this is going to help me. But if I choose to say that I walk with God, but yet I'm walking in darkness, then I'm lying and I'm not practicing the truth. If I choose to justify myself, then I'm lying. I'm not practicing the truth. God's saying that we don't, he's not saying that we have to be perfect. He's saying you got to embrace the light though. Sometimes the light can be perfect. I mean, it can be painful. The light can be painful because we think we're perfect. Sometimes when, when the light starts shining, it doesn't feel very good. I remember when I first got saved. I tell my church this all the time. I remember when I first got saved. And I, and I, uh, I started reading certain scriptures and you know I knew I I was I just had God saved and I knew there were things that I God was still trying to clean me up and and I would read about it you know in the book of in the book of Matthew I read about it in the book of first Corinthians second Corinthians I'm reading my Bible and 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 a, a scripture would come out and it would convict me so I said you know what I'm gonna start reading in the book of Psalms because maybe there's nothing over there that's going <laughs> But I get over there, and the word would hit me over there. And finally, I just said, Lord, I surrender. All over the word, all over the word, God is trying to perfect me. I don't care if you're in the New Testament, Old Testament, book of Revelation, book of Genesis, that God's word will find you right where you're at. Can I have an amen? But I learned, listen, saints, I learned to say, you know what? This is not a bad thing. It's a good thing for me. And for all of us, we have to see this as a, the powerful influence of God in our life. 
that instead of us running from the light, we run to the light. Adam and Eve, they hid when they saw God instead of running to God. And for all of us, it's the same way. We have to get to a place in our life where when God begins to reveal things to us, we stop and we say, God, thank you. I'm not going to blame my husband. I got one amen. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, Pastor? I got one amen. Where are the ladies at? Amen. Man, I'm not going to blame my wife. Lord, this woman you gave me. We go back to Genesis. <laughs> this woman you gave me. It's this person's fault. It's that person's fault. If we're going to walk in the light, if we're going to walk in the light, and God is revealing something to us, we have to embrace that. We have to embrace it because what he's saying here in, these, in this verse is that there's no way we can say that we're walking with God if we're choosing to remain in darkness, to remain blind to our condition, to remain deceived by our condition, to stay in that state of ignorance. Darkness speaks of ignorance. To stay in that state he says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And this is the beautiful thing about it. As I walk in the light as he is in the light, he reveals something about me that he wants to change. I agree with him that it needs to change. Then it keeps the flow of the blood of Jesus Christ flowing in my life, and God continually cleanses. He continually washes, and the blood of Jesus continues to flow. But if I cut off the stream, I cut off the flow when I start justifying myself. I keep the flow going when I say, God, you're right and I'm wrong. Now continue to wash me of this and cleanse me of this and heal me of this. I'm willing to repent of this and turn of this and go in a different direction. This is what keeps it going. And for us, we have to see this as a powerful influence, and this is how we maintain fellowship. We know when we're not right with God. We try to come to church. We try to lift our hands. We try, but the ceiling is like brass. And everybody else is shouting. Everybody else is excited about God, but we know that the Lord is convicting us about something, but we're justifying ourselves, then we can't even get our praise on like we used to. Now my fellowship is broken. Can I have an amen, y'all? Now my fellowship isn't right. Man, I shouldn't have been talking to my wife like that. Man, I shouldn't have, you know, I shouldn't have said that to my boss, man. Now, man, I, you know, I know God loves me and everything, but something's not right. I don't feel that flow. Man, I shouldn't have went out with these brothers, man. Why did I go hang out with them guys? Man, I feel dirty now, man. I'm out there. These guys are tripping. I know I shouldn't have been out there with them guys. Instead of me ministering to them, they ministering to me. Wow. Lord, what's, what's going on? I, and, and, and our fellowship is broken. A lot of times people don't realize their fellowship is broken because they refuse to justify God. They would rather justify themselves. 
I don't like going to Victory Outreach, man. They're religious over there. They're telling me what to do and what not to do. Well, this is what the Bible says. It says what to do, what not to do. What to do, what not to do. What to, Old Testament, New Testament. Can I have an amen? What to do, not to do. What to do, not to do. The Bible tells you what to do and what not. Can I have an amen, y'all? They do that, Pastor. They do that in my church, too. You guys got too many rules. Yeah, fornication is bad. Cheating on your wife, bad. Being in the club, bad. All that, bad. Stay away from all that stuff. It's all bad. Can I have an amen? But God will come in and clean you up, freshen you up. And this is what God wants to do. And so what happens is if we got to stay in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And now there's an intimacy that begins to be developed and a flow with God and a a working with God. God knows when he chose you, you weren't perfect. But we've got to have a passion to be perfected. We have to have a passion to stay on the, the potter's wheel. And, Lord, if you're going to rip this off and if you're going to move this and if you're going to break this down, but I know in the end you're going to build me all the way back up because that's why you got me off the streets. Can I have an amen? Because you have a purpose for my life. God will find you just the way you are, but he won't leave you just the way you are. Can I have an amen? This is the kind of God that we serve. And then he says this. He says in verse 8, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Look what he says. He says, we deceive ourselves and the truth is is not in us. This is the worst kind of deception is self-deception. It's the worst kind of deception. When we, and like I've been saying, we justify ourselves in our condition when God is his light is shining and he's trying to clean us up and we justify our, ourselves. Well, the Lord knows it's going to take me a little longer. You go at your pace, I go at my pace. There's no pace for sin. You got to stop. Can I, can I have an amen, y'all? He doesn't say, well, you can slowly come out of here. He didn't say to the woman caught out of adultery, will you slowly come out of this? He said, go and sin no more. That's the worst thing. Can I have an amen? Sometimes we got to learn to be aggressive. We got to learn to get mad at the devil, get mad at ourselves, get mad at the flesh. We got to learn to look ourselves in the mirror and say, man, you're going to stop right now today. This is it. And this is, this, and I love this because the worst thing is when we, we fall to self-deception. Justify ourselves. We get ourselves in a position where it's, it's okay for me. I know the Bible says it's not okay for other people, but for me, it's okay. Self-deception. And we get into this state when we deceive ourselves. Then it's, it's one thing for someone to deceive you. It's another thing for you to deceive yourself because now it's harder to come out of that situation and that mindset. And so for all of us, we have to see if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. All of us, there's no one in this room that's perfect. I do not. I hate sin. 
and I, but I know that God in the midst of it, in the midst of me living my life, there's areas in my life I'm not perfect yet that he's going to work on. But I want to stay in the light. I'm not running away from it. And then what happens? Jesus, his blood cleanses, and then also we, 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 we do not fall to self-deception. We allow ourselves to be moldable and pliable. Sometimes the worst thing is when you're talking with Christians and they think that they're perfect. Now, God is perfecting all of us. My prayer is that, that we are being perfected and that God does perfect us. But it's nothing worse than talking to a person and, and, and self-righteousness has got a hold of them. Brother, I prayed three hours today. What about you? How many scriptures did you read today? And then they, 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 they know how to get deep, you know what I'm saying? And they'll tell you, yes, this morning I was in the heavens and the stars and the moons. I just came back from the third heaven and... <laughs> Do you have my my uh, my towel, my little thing right there? Is it under there? Yeah, I just got back from I just got back from Pluto, and Mars was cool. But did you show up to work on time? No, I didn't make it on time. So that's why you got fired, right? Because you didn't show up on. So you know what happens is we get so we get so caught up we get so caught up. And these things, and then people, they don't want to address the, the real deal Christianity. The character, the nature, loving God, being faithful, being consistent, living righteously, living, living, truly living holy in the sight of God. Allowing God to really perfect you and deal with all of our, our stuff. And, and people don't want to, they want to deal with that. They say, well, you know what? I was prophesying last night at my cousin's house and I saw 12 visions. Well, I mean, that's all cool. Been prophesying for a long time. I don't really care about that. Are you showing to work on time? You showing up to work on time? You see, see we, Pastor, you. They don't like to hear that type of stuff. Huh? I had a bunch of amens, and I lost all y'all. Come on, y'all. Don't leave me, man. I'm trying to preach to y'all like I do at my church. But, hey, man, are you being faithful to your wife, though? I know, I know, girl, I know you can pray, you can prophesy, but are you, are, how are you treating your husband, though? You can cast out devils, you can walk on water, but are you are you treating your husband right? Because we're gonna walk in the light, amen. And that's what God is looking for, amen. But when you, we get self-righteous and we start thinking that it's just about, you know, how deep I can appear and how spiritual and how powerful I can look, then we've we've crossed over and it's no longer about the nature of Christ. It's more about how my gifting makes me appear. But when God looks, he's not impressed by our giftedness. 
He wants to see Jesus. Can I have an amen, y'all? He wants to see Jesus in us. He wants to see Jesus' life revealed in us. He wants to see the nature of, of Christ perfected in us. And unfortunately, we get so caught up in our giftedness that we don't look beyond that to say, man, is Christ's nature being perfected in me? I'm going to preach. I'm going to prophesy. I'm going to cast out devils. God's going to use me to do great things. I praise God. But, man, on a day-to-day basis, I've denied myself. I've taken up my cross, and I've followed him. And that's what makes us great. Can I have an amen? That's what makes us great. That's what makes us great. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. He says, if we confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord, I'm walking with you. You shine your light on me. Lord, this is, this is, I see this. Lord, but I confess this before you as sin. I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I ask you to continue. I don't want my fellowship with you to be broken off. I don't want any kind of breach in our relationship. Lord, you're right. I'm wrong. I want you to perfect me in this. And and I'm confessing my sin before you. I ask that you would forgive me and wash me and cleanse me of this. What happens is we're walking with God and God shines the light. And as I'm walking with God and the light is is shining, but I refuse to confess my sin before God as he's trying to perfect me, then I begin to drift from him. But it doesn't mean I stop going to church. Doesn't mean I don't know the songs. Doesn't mean I don't know the hymns. Doesn't mean I don't know how to shout. It doesn't mean that that I don't know some scriptures, but it does mean that to the degree that I'm willing to refuse to confess my sin before God as he convicts me to that degree I start drifting and then before long I'm doing before and the people people still like it when I preach and the people still like it when I sing and the people still like my gifts and the people still like my talents but the people don't know that I'm not walking with God because I left God a long time ago because God's trying to show his light but I refuse the light So we got a lot of gifted and talented people. We got people that know how to preach and to prophesy and to play their instruments. But we don't have enough people that are walking so close to God that they won't let nothing stand in the way of their intimacy with him. Can I have an amen? That That they won't let him go no matter what. Lord, show me anything in my life I need to change. I'll change it right now by the grace that you supply me. But we have people that have drifted away. But we're so impressed with talents and gifts that we don't stop and say, but how you living, though? Are you embracing the light? Are you embracing his nature? Are you embracing him? God, he passes out gifts. But it'll cost you your life to get his nature revealed in you. We get so impressed Woo! And we don't know the difference. Can I just preach this, Pastor? We don't know the difference between we don't know the difference between gifting and anointing. The anointing costs you something. God has given gifts unto men, but the anointing will cost you. He got to break you down and, and get you down and, and get you right and, and mold you so the anointing can continue to flow in your life. But unfortunately, people don't know the difference. 
He said, well, he can play that thing. But is he anointed? Do you sense the fragrance of Jesus when he's up on the stage? Do you sense the fragrance of Jesus when they're playing the instruments? Do, they, do you sense that God has broken him? Has God broken her? Do you sense that they're a broken person, that they're not coming in like, like, like all pompous and proud? That they're coming in lowly? That I don't have to sit on the stage. Lord, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Amen. That, Lord, I'm not impressed with all that stuff. That I want to see Jesus. I tell people in our church all the time, I'm not impressed. I didn't seen it all, man. I didn't seen so much in the church, outside of the church, been in stadiums. I played in the Rose Bowl twice. 100,000 people screaming my name. But when I saw Jesus... I said, yes, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. When you see Jesus, when you see Jesus in people, people come to our church, they say, Pastor, you know, I'm, I'm very anointed. I said, okay, here, here's my, here's my business card. I, I can preach, I can prophesy, I can walk on water, I can, I can fly through the air, I can translate, I can see everything. I got revelations and dreams and trances. And I, I said, okay, well, praise God, we'll sit right over there and chill out for a while and watch me preach and listen and learn and grow and mature, and then we'll see what God does in your life after a little while. Because it's one, thing that, it's one thing to go to school and get a bunch of DDs and, and, and all kinds of doctorates and, and all this other stuff, but it's another thing to go through the school of the Spirit where God got to break you down. Can I have an amen? Build you down and expose, expose you to yourself. Then you come out. And when God takes you from the pit, God takes you from... The Potiphar's house, and God takes you from the prison, and then God takes you to the palace. There's something been forged in your character that the world can't take away and that the world can't do nothing with. We want to go right to the palace. But we got to walk in the light as he is in the light, because as we walk in the light, Joseph, then all the grandiose that you had about your dream, God's breaking it down. All the, and in Potiphar's house, all the grandiose about your dream, God's breaking it down. All the grandiose in the prison is being uprooted from you. So when God does take you to the palace, your character is going to be able to withstand the elevation that God's trying to forge in your life. And when your brothers come on the scene, you're not looking back saying, uh-huh, look it. I told y'all I was going to be something. I told y'all I was bad. I told y'all that God said I was going to, that they were going to bow down the stars and everything was going to bow down and worship me. I told y'all, y'all should have never did it. I told y'all I could preach. But y'all didn't want to let me preach. I told y'all I could sing, but you never would let me sing my solo. <laughs> I told you I could play the keys, but y'all just started hating on me, so I had to go to five different churches. I told y'all I was bad. But see, what happens when you let God break you down, 
you can look back like Joseph and say, listen, you guys may have meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God had to break me down. He had to get my heart right. Now, I don't hate you. God was using you to thrust me forward. Woo, I feel this right now. God was using it to thrust me forward into something that he was trying to forge in my character. So the palace wouldn't kill me when I got there and make me prideful. And this is why even in this room, stop asking the pastor to preach. Just continue to serve. And when he gets ready and God nudges him to, to nudge you, you're going to be ready because your character is going to be ready. Because you know how people, people preach one service and then they want to be the pastor now. Press the, pr preach the halfway good message. I'm ready now. The Lord knows I'm ready. I'm ready to ever. I'm going to take the city for Jesus. Brother, you better take your home back. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to get this out of our spirit and allow God's light to reveal things in our character that need to change and then not run from it. Brother, you got an anger problem. Praise God. I need God to fix me. I'm ready. Here I am. Lord, have God, man, you, 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 you got jealousy in your heart. I know. I got to get it. Lord, here I am. I'm not running from it. Help me. Pastor, I'm struggling with lust. Well, we're going to have to get, get God to kill it. Let's get God to kill it. We're not going to put a bayonet over that lust. We're going to get God to rip it out of your heart and teach you how to love people like you never loved before. Can I have an amen, y'all? We got to let God do this in our hearts. I'm going to stay in the light. I'm not going to turn and run from God. I'm running to God. Because everything is working to perfect me. And in the end, when he says here, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is the truth. And I want you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I want you to forgive me, Lord, for what I've done and, what, and these, these areas of my life that I know need to change. Lord, forgive me for making excuses for stuff that I know. I, I, you've been dealing with me about this for 10 years. Well, he's still working on me. 10 years is a long time. That's a long time. Listen, let me, this is one of the things I like to say. Say, listen, Jesus was not on the cross for three years. Jesus got up on the cross, and he died within hours. He wasn't up there fighting with God. He gave up the ghost. He gave up. We get, we, God's trying to get us to carry our crosses, and we fighting the whole time. Instead of just saying, Lord, I, I give up. The quicker you give up, the quicker you move on. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen, y'all? The quicker we give up, the quicker we move on to the next thing. And that's where we've, we've got to get. You know, saints, this, this morning, I mean this afternoon, I, I wanted to share this message. Because 
this ministry is a powerful ministry that, that God has graced and has anointed to go in and to get people who the world says can never change. But God says, oh, yes, they can, and yes, they do, and yes, they will. But we have to be individuals that see that changing just doesn't mean that I start going to church. Changing means that, Lord, you are uprooting stuff out of my heart and you are causing me to walk in the light as you are in the light. So that if my accountability partner is not there, I know God is right there. Oh, my God. My God. If my homeboy is not there, I'm still going to live right because I'm walking in the light as he is in the light. If my wife don't see it, I don't care because God sees it. And I'm walking in the light as he is in. If my kids don't see it, it doesn't matter if my kids see it. It doesn't matter if man sees. What matters is that God sees and he's saying, stay close to me. Let my light shine so that you can become more like me. Lord, this afternoon, we thank you. We thank you for the grace that is in this room. We thank you for the power that is in this room. We thank you that you did not pull us out of darkness so that we can go back to darkness. You pulled us out of darkness that we might walk and embrace your marvelous light. We thank you that this, the, the convicting power of the Holy Spirit is a sign of sonship in my life. Whom the Lord loves, he chases and rebukes and scourges every son that he receives. I thank you that, Lord, we are not illegitimate. We have been adopted, and we have the spirit of adoption, whereby our hearts cry out, Abba, Father. And, Lord, as your children, we commit ourselves once again to staying close to you and in your light. Lord, when you shine your light and there's areas in our lives where we are convicted over, that we need to be convicted over, Lord, we, we refuse to hide and run like Adam and Eve did in the garden. Lord, we run to you. You said in your word that we are to boldly approach the throne of grace that we might obtain help. We might obtain grace and find help, Lord, in our time of need. You've given us grace to overcome. You've given us your throne to overcome. We boldly approach the throne of grace that we might obtain. We might obtain mercy and find grace to help. We need your grace to help us. We can't change ourselves, but we can stay on the potter's wheel. Lord, we say, rip it out. Take it away. I give it up. I surrender to you. Lord, I don't want to just be a religious person that goes to church and I don't have any fellowship with you. If I say that I have fellowship with you and I walk in darkness, I'm lying. I'm not practicing the truth, Lord. Here I am. Have your way in my heart. Mold me as a person that's, that's, that is a, a musician or a singer. or a, Lord, we pray that our giftings would not deceive us. You want more than just gifted people. 
Lord, forgive us for thinking that we're doing good just because the people are shouting. Lord, we want to know that we're doing good because you're remaining close to us. That we have fellowship with you. Lord, please forgive us, Lord, as a, as a churches for thinking that, that we're fine, we're fine. Sometimes we're not. But you're there to change us. Lord, change us this afternoon. Make us more like you. We, we, want, we want your nature. We want to talk like you, Jesus, and walk like you, Jesus, and think like you, Jesus, and know like you. We want you to be formed, for we are crucified with Christ, but nevertheless we live, yet, yet not I, but Christ lives in us. The life that we live in the flesh, we live by the faith of the Son of God. Lord, you died for us. You rose again. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Lord, we pray that this greatness would be revealed through us on a day-to-day -day basis. When people see us get off drugs, we say it's because of you. When people see us walking in holiness, we say it's because of him. When people see us with the joy of the Lord, we say it's because of Jesus. When people see us preaching and ministering and giving our lives to serve other people, it's because of you, Jesus. It's because your life is in us. Your DNA, your nature is being revealed in us. We are children of the Most High God. And Lord, this afternoon, I pray that you would draw people to yourself right now. It's just not a song and a dance. It's, Lord, I'm taking up my cross. I'm denying myself. I'm, I'm following you. I want your word to become alive in me. Lord, this afternoon, do it for us. We commit to the potter's will. You know, when uh, before I gave my life to Jesus, man, I had no problem shouting and dancing and doing my thing in the club, messing around, doing all the stuff. I didn't have any shame. It's a shame that now when people give their life to God, we have every eye closed and every head bow, and we don't want anybody to see us get saved. But I say the devil is a liar. This is a celebration. When people, when people give their life to God, the Bible says the angels rejoice. It is, is a time to say, man, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my life to God. And I know there's people in this room need to make a, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. Or you need to give your life to Jesus today. Stop worrying about your homeboys, your friends. Who cares what they think? On, the, on that day, you're going to be standing before one person, and his name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I want to encourage you, if you're in this room right now, you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to rededicate yourself to being in the light as he is in the light, come on up here and stand with me.